All right, Shalom, Shalom. Bree Council's back in the building at SoNet WKDH. We have been privileged and honored by the mores of Rebirth, Moray Yahusha, Moray Moshe, Moray Benea Israel. And they have just been dropping this knowledge and just sharing with us. As always, I'm going to continue to say, if you haven't, you need to go cop this track. No, no. You need to go get Reclaiming the Throne documentary series. It is eye-opening. It is the it is the truth and nothing but the truth, as they say in court. You know, and so we're going to encourage the family in the Mishpachah and the 12 tribes. Even, and I encourage even those that have it, man, encourage your family members. Um, uh, it, maybe they may not want to buy it, but they need to rent it. You know, um, um, uh, the, the testimony I got is I was able to rent it for my mother, and my, my mom was just so overjoyed and just like, man, just the truth that was there. And then she said, and then some parts wow. made me sad because just the brutality. We, we hate it like that. We, we just hate it like that. And uh, but, you know, it's just some of the history and, and stuff that was there was just eye opening. So she definitely enjoyed it. So I just want to encourage the listening audience, the family out there. Listen, maybe you can't buy it, but you can rent it. All right. Rent it three or four times. Get this information. Um, you know, <clears throat> this is definitely something that the kids can see uh, that you can watch as a family together, learn and grow. Um, it's 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 it's, it's pull, it pulls on the heart because this lets you know what our ancestors uh, really just had to endure. And, and we ain't just, you know, as as we see with this government, they don't want to uh, talk about the CRT, uh, critical race theory, and, and they give you Juneteenth, but then say, hey, we're going to make sure that we ain't talking about uh, black history. So without any further ado, I got the mores on. And what I, the, the question that's on the floor is, what are the prophetic implications to this truth that is out right now? Anybody could take it away, mores. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, um, that's a beautiful question. That's a great question because at the end of the day, you have to keep up um, with what the Most High is doing in the end times and um, how he's moving so we can understand his prophetic clock. Um, one thing that he says even in um, Matthew 5, I think around about verse 17 through 19, he said, I didn't come to destroy the law. Though he said, think not that I come to destroy the law of the prophets, but I didn't come to destroy them, but to fulfill them. Um, and then he goes on paraphrasing to say that um, not, not one shot of tiller will pass from the law of the prophets until all things be fulfilled. So now what he's speaking of is things have to be fulfilled before anything can, um, before all things can wind up and be finished. Mm -hmm. So if things have to be fulfilled, then we have to look specifically at what the prophet said, because he said that I'm not going to uh, destroy the law of the prophets, which is speaking of the prophecies. Mm -hmm. So we have to go back and see what the prophets declared that what would happen uh, to us as a people. And then what uh, the Mosai said that what he would do in order for us to keep up with the time clock of what the most high is doing today. Moray, so can you can you get to a different spot? Cause you're real you're real um um breaking up real scratchy on this end. Okay, hold on one second. Okay. Is this better? Yeah, keep yes, it sounds better. Mm -hmm. Okay, I'm sorry. Sorry about that. Um but what I was saying is that the prophetic um, call of what this is is that we have to understand how important this is to the Most High. Mm -hmm. 
and understand what even uh, what Yakusha and his son said. He said he didn't come to destroy the law of the prophets, but he came to fulfill everything, or he came to complete everything. Um, he said that, I'm paraphrasing, he said that uh, all things will be fulfilled. He said all things, about heaven and earth without pass away until all things be fulfilled. That's right. So if that was the case, then we have to be watching and understanding what's going on. What has to be fulfilled before we can return um, to um, the most high before Yahushua returns himself? What things have to be played out? And then a lot of times we don't go back as a people, but just as a Bible uh, scholar, period, and just look at the specific things what the prophet spoke so we can know what's going on. And when you, when you look at that, you'll see, even according to Deuteronomy 7, it talks about that the Most High chose a certain people. Mm-hmm. He chose the children of Israel. He said that he gave them, uh, he chose them and brought them unto himself. So when you look at what happened, right, you look at him, him making a covenant with the Israelites, and you look at all the prophecies. Now, notice that all the prophecies are about a specific people. That's right. I, I like to mm. put a little time on it, but I want people to understand that. When you look at it, when they said that all these things have to be fulfilled, all the prophecies in the Scripture is about or related to a specific people called the children of Israel. That's right. Now, this is why if you want to understand what's on the most high mind in the last day, you have to look at the people. Because mm-hmm. the people are the time clock of what the most high is doing, what he has established, and what he's establishing in the last day. If you got the people wrong, if you're looking at the wrong people, you won't know what the Most High is doing. Mm. How can I keep up with the prophetic clock? How can I know what's coming next if I don't know the people that the prophecies was about? Mm -hmm. So this is why it's imperative to understand watching the people, watching what the Most High said that he would do, watching what he said, what what happened to the people. And that's what this was in the documentary. It speaks of, because everything prophetically in the documentary is speaking of what the prophet spoke. Right. What they said, what happened. What they said from the time that we went into captivity, from the time when uh, Yahushua came and um, was rejected, from the time of us going through the different captivities, and from the time of this awakening now that we are waking up where truth has been uh, uh, sprung up in the earth. When we begin to look at the people and how the prophecies relate to the people, then we can see specifically where things are being fulfilled now and then also where things that haven't been fulfilled yet. Because what we, we, we just, the only reason that we look at the prophecies concerning the curses for identification because it identifies who we are. That's right. It specifically says who the people are based off of the consequences mm-hmm. of what's on the people. He said, by this, you'll be no, you'll know who my people are. Mm-hmm. Right? So it's imperative, you know, to understand that. But then when you go back and start looking at, okay, now I know that identifies me, but what really identifies us is the promises. That's right. Mm-hmm. When you look at the promises 
of what was spoken because most I said that I'm not an Elohim or I'm not a God that I should allow me I'm the son of man that I should repent. If mm-hmm. I spoke it, I'm going to make it good. So now, if he don't do good on what he said to the people based off what he promised to them, then that makes him a liar. Right. And then if you're going around saying that this message ain't important, then you're saying that the most high is a liar. Wow, man. Come on. Why? Because he said that I'm going to perform the things that I spoke. Mm-hmm. And it might not be able to see, a lot of people might say this message ain't important. It might not be important to you, but it's important to him. That's right. That's right. He looked all the way through the book. He's only going after those people based off their original intention and purpose that he placed them in in order to draw all nations up to him. Mm. Because the nations can't come unless those people realize who they are and inherit their promises. Now the earth can receive his promises. That's why I said the earth is made for the manifestation of the Son yes, of, right. of the Most High. Mm-hmm. So we have to prophetically know specifically what's on the most high heart. And when you find out what's on his heart, his covenant is on his heart. Mm. His promises to a people is on his heart. And he's been going out through the centuries trying to bring these people back into him so the earth can get back in alignment. But now through the documentary, we track his mind and his heart from start to finish. Mm. And it's even promises to the oppressors of these people. <laughs> yeah, right. they yeah. got promises coming to them. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> and we, if we want to know what Yahushua, which is the son of the Most High, we want to know what he's going to be mad about when he come back. Oh, yes. <laughs> you got to go read the book. <laughs> you got to see the movie That's to right. understand yes. why he's coming to destroy. Mm-hmm. Why he's coming not as a, a lamb no more because he came as a lamb already. Mm-hmm. Now he's coming as a lion. Yeah, because he got to do his father's business. That's right. And when you read Joel three, you understand what the Most High is upset about. Mm. Yep. Mm. So prophetically, if we want to know what's on the heart. And what's on the mind and what is happening. Why we want to know why all of a sudden the people is taking off their religions that they was in. That's right. They're talking about culture now. Mm-hmm. They're talking about heritage now. They're talking about they ain't black no more. Mm-hmm. Do you know that that was prophesied? That's right. They're taking on the names of mm-hmm. Israel. You read Isaiah 44 and read it all the way down, you'll see what it's what it's an awakening going on. You'll begin to see the prophetic nature of why all these things is happening now. Now it seems like why people are going back to their roots yeah. and to their heritage. And you look at Isaiah uh, chapter 1, you see what it talks about, um, that Israel not knowing who their heritage is mm-hmm. and don't even uh, consider it. That's right. Mm-hmm. So because prophetically, this time clock deals with the people, if you get the people wrong, then it's going to lead you to the wrong God or Elohim. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. And the wrong message. And that's, 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 that's imperative. That's imperative. If you, that's why Paul said, examine yourself to see what faith you have. Come on. Yep. Uh-oh. We don't take time to do that. Because mm-hmm. what we have been, like the scripture said, we've been inherited lies. That's right. Because this is what my father was. This is what my mother was. Now we got all types of religion because we got the people wrong. Hmm. Wow. Mm. Mm. 
<laughs> Anybody else want to add some uh, add some meat on that right there? Any other mores want to add? That's that's really profound, good and profound. That that's that's hitting to the heart of this thing. Uh, to the listening audience, I hope you're hearing what, why he's bringing out the prophetic implications and the importance of why identifying Israel is so important. And that you know, Benjamin, we always say that Bree Council, you can't separate the Messiah from his people. The whole focus and purpose of the Messiah. It's connected and interwoven with his people because he's trying to reconcile his people. But covenant. anyway, it's the covenant. But anyway, to the mores, y- y- y'all got it. This is good. I'm just listening and smiling. I'm smiling. That's it. Mori, you who's Yeah, so one thing you want to look at is this one thing that <clears throat> that Moshe just said that's real important. Mm-hmm. When you talk about time clock, going back to that. So it's not just the context of a time clock is the understanding the clock mm. right because there are certain prophecies that can be that are being fulfilled or that that's going to be fulfilled that not only do you not understand the the time and space in it but you don't even necessarily know what's actually happening because you don't know how these scriptures apply to those people Mm-hmm. Because the thing about what um what Yahuwah do is a lot of times in the text he'll do something he'll have a fulfillment or something, and it might not look like you think it's going to look. That's the reason why when you <clears throat> when you look at uh, Yahusha in the text he even talks about the kingdom. He says the kingdom is without observation. Right. He goes on he even tells them he says then he tells them the kingdom is in you. He said the kingdom is not even in your mouth. Yeah. So like, what is, what is he talking about? If he's talking about the kingdom was back then, the kingdom was in your mouth and the kingdom is near. And he said the kingdom is about observation. Um, so there's prophecy. Like one big one <clears throat> is the rapture. Mm-hmm. Right. So one thing about the rapture and revelations, like like Moshe said, like you ask yourself, why why in revelations is Yahusha? Returning to kill everybody. What's the purpose of that? Right. What we is he so don't. angry about? So why is he going in and destroying all nations? So when you really look at that, what you're gonna find out is that when it comes to the context of and most most people believe that they're gonna escape that um massacre because they said they're gonna be they're gonna get raptured up. That's right. Um and then they start talking about the beast. And when the beast before the beast comes, they're gonna get raptured up. All this stuff about raptured up and concerning the beast. But one thing that really, <clears throat> when Yahuwah woke me up, one of the things that really just stood out to me, and it's going back to what he's saying about Deuteronomy 28. In Revelations, it talks about the mark of the beast. Right? Mm-hmm. And then when it talks about it, it has this funny phrase in there. And the phrase says, whoever leaves in the captivity go. must go in the captivity. That's right. That's right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He that is killed with a sword must be killed with a sword. Mm-hmm. I remember when I was in the church, I was like, what does that mean? <laughs> this, is, this is the patience of the saints. Wow. Mm. Mm. How is that the patience of the saints? Uh, man, I'm telling you. You find that in the brother, New Testament listen, now? You, you find that scripture in the New Testament. Say so again. I said you find that scripture in the New Testament. Right. That's the New <laughs> Testament. It's in Revelation. That's right. <laughs> so I'm like, I remember I was in a church. I was like, what does that mean? What did it got to do with the mark of the beast? Mm. What does that got to do with the beast? Well, I, was, I mean, I watched so many videos. And I, I was, you know, when I was a pastor in the church, I, you know, I taught eschatology. Mm-hmm. So 
and I had all my little timelines and my explanations <laughs> and you know this and that blah blah blah. And then that phrase didn't make any sense to me. And I, I was I would listen to like people like John MacArthur, R.C. Sproul, this is all the, the quote unquote theologians. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I had all their their sermons on Daniel and all uh, and, and you know all like trying to break down. I was like, man, what's going on? Seventy week? What does got to do with um, that? He didn't lead the What does that mean? Man, I even heard John McCarthy. I even, a few of my familiar with him. You know, it's one of the biggest names. Oh yeah, in, oh, like, yeah. Uh, in apologetics. So <clears throat> he's in there. He said, "Man, he had finally had a lesson. He was addressing. I was on the edge of my seat. I said, okay, I'm gonna get to understanding now. Get to understanding. What does this mean?'" <laughs> John McCarthy said, "When he said he the leading captivity must go into captivity means that when the beast comes on the scene, that." You can't fight against what he what he established. Is you fight you fight against him, he's gonna bring you into captivity. You just gotta let allow. That's that's why I talk about your patience, but the patience of the prince. I remember when I said that. Listen, I said this is lunacy. <laughs> that is not what that means, <laughs> and I still don't have an answer. So when who uh, yeah, he was the first thing he did was I started because like all the answers, the questions I had, he started filling the blanks. Wow. Yeah. So that was one of the main questions I had. What does that mean? He didn't leave the captivity. What's going to captivity? He killed soul and secured the sword. It's the patient of the saints. How, what is, how does this directly connect to the to the to the saints? Who are the saints if this directly connects them? Mm-hmm. And so what Yahuwah did, he brought me to Jeremiah. Remember, brought me to Jeremiah. And he showed me that Yahukana or John is referencing that line. He's speaking what was said in John. And then when you go into John, it says the whole context. It says he that leads. About he's t- prophesying to Israel, going back to what Moshe said about Yahushua saying that all things in the prophecy will be fulfilled, mm-hmm. right? So, what did he say? He said, talking to Israel, he says, He will eat and lead you in the captivity. Let's go into captivity. Mm-hmm. He that kills you with the sword must be killed with the sword. Then he goes on and says, Whoever robs you must be robbed, mm-hmm. right? And whoever made you a spoil will be made a spoil. And man, look, I was at when I saw that and I connected it with Revelation, it was like somebody hit me upside the head with two bucks. <laughs> hmm. And then I was I said, man, so this is this is why it's called the patience of the saints. That's right. Because the whole context of Revelation is based around slavery. Mm-hmm. Slavery. Wow. Everything. Mm-hmm. Even the context of a savior, a kinsman redeemer. Yeah. We use we throw these words around in church when we was in church, you know. Um, our redeemer lives. He sings songs. What is a redeemer? The term redeemer in Hebrew, um, the the word is attributed to the um, Deuteronomy law of uh, law, basically law of purchase or redemption. That's right. Which means to pay a price for a slave. Mm-hmm. The word redeemer in Hebrew, the word galal, really means it literally means to pay the price of a slave. Mm, okay, that's right. So the so the whole context of that redemption. Or him coming to um to redeem. Then you be in church to my son. You bought with a price. All them the, the different little like, catchphrases mm-hmm. that we say is all centered around the context of the Kodashim or the chosen ones mm-hmm. being brought into slavery. Mm-hmm. But going back to the so, but but you're thinking about uh rapture. You think you're gonna be you're gonna go up in the elevator to to heaven. That's right. You don't understand the context, he's telling you this is the patience. That when these people come out of captivity, the other like then there's going to be a shift in the entire world. That's right. A redemption. Con. Yep. So oh, I don't want to keep talking, but you understand what I'm saying. So when I <laughs> when I think about how this this relates to prophecy, 
that's one of those things. You got to know who those people who in the captivity are. That's right. Mm. But then America teach you that you got to get over that. They have both um, 400 years ago. Um, they don't relate to prophecy. Mm. You know, all this stuff is done away with it, you know, but all this stuff is really connected to the, the enslavement and the captivity of a specific people in the actual redemption. That's why it's called the patience of the codicine right, or the huh? patience of the saints. Mm. Let me ask a question. Could it, um, does history and current events affect our doctrine? That's a good question. Oh, okay, yeah, I don't want to talk to my, my of time. <laughs> Go ahead and ask one more time, Gabriel. I, what the question was, does history and current events affect our doctrine? Well, I'm just chopping that real fast. Of course it does. Mm -hmm. um, because there's been a consolidated effort um, to create an alternate narrative. Mm. Wow. Um, and the main current events that affected is 1948. That's right. Um, mm -hmm. The establishment of, of the Jewish state, because even a lot of us believe that that was the um, regathering yeah. of the nation of Israel. Yep. Mm -hmm. But it's going back to those prophecies. Uh, prophetically, there's not one prophecy that can justify that being the regathering of the nation of Israel. That's First right. of all, you can't have a regathering of one tribe. There you go. Come on, right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yep. Like, just right off the top, like, stop the thing. <laughs> <laughs> then, on top of that, you look at all the prophecies about when the scripture says that when they be regathered, the nations will lay down, lay down their weapons. They're going to turn they, uh, they, they, they swords into plowshares and, and, and pruning hooks would mean that there'll be a time of peace and shalom. But, mm -hmm. but ever since I was a child, all I was told was that there's no peace in Jerusalem and there's not going to be any peace to quote unquote Jesus return. Mm -hmm. That's the complete opposite of what the scripture said. Mm -hmm. Right. Then it goes on and talks about how there'll be no oppression um, going amongst you. There'll be, I mean, it talks about how um, there'll be the Jerusalem, Jerusalem will be a place um, with no walls mm -hmm. or gates. Come on. <laughs> right. So when the first thing that happened in 1948, they started building the walls. Build, so wall. build the wall. <laughs> right, literally, like 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 um, Agent Orange, and they built a big wall around the the, the area of the city. So you could just really just go and look at every prophecy concerning Israel, and you would see that none of those prophecies were actually fulfilled. All that was fulfilled was that the United States um, put money and military might behind a specific group of people, and they went and occupied the territory of people that's already living there. Mm, wow. Right, and then. Uh... I'm gonna turn it over to Bly after that. But if you really want to know, that's a segue also too. If you really want to know what happened, that's right. In 1948, because you have your John Hagees, you have um, all Christ your Stone. Christian pastors that say that was the actual fulfillment of prophecy. But if you really want to know the truth, more and more, of what happened uh, behind the scenes? Hold on, uh, real quick. We just dropped Benay. I'm gonna bring him back on. Hold on, real quick. We just dropped. Okay. Him. Okay. For our listening audience, we are talking about reclaiming the throne docu series. I want to encourage our listening audience to go and buy this, rent it, get it out. This is going to be a blessing. All right, Benaya, I'm bringing you back on. Got Benaya back. Let's see, measure. I'm, I'm back. Thank okay, you. Okay, okay. All, right. all right, go ahead, uh, Maury. Real quick. Yeah. Then I turn it over to If you really want to know what happened in 1948, that's another segue that uh, segue that we can do. You go to our YouTube page, uh, Hebrew Nation Building, and uh, we got a teaching of, called the 
1948 line. Mm-hmm. 1948 line. Um, and you'll be able to look at that. You'll get the ins and outs, and you'll get all the prophecies that are supposed to be fulfilled uh, for that to be true. That's right. That's I'm turning back over to the night. Oh, yeah. I mean, well, this is going to kind of land back on, on some of the things that the, that the Elder Moritz was talking about. Because mm-hmm. um, I, I know, I, I don't know, know about you all, but I know when I was in the in the church, you know, coming up, um, we didn't really spend a whole lot of time in, in uh, prophecy. Right. At least, mm-hmm. you know, in my in my childhood. And it's funny because Revelations is like the one <laughs> the one book that has a blessing at the very the begin, the beginning of it, right? Like yeah. Revelations chapter 1, verse 3, you know, blessed is he that readeth and that he that <laughs> Uh, and, and they that hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written therein for the time is at hand. You know, it's like the one book that that's that with a with a blessing if you understand it. You know, and then then of course it's you know Revelation one verse one. You know, you know it says you know Jesus Christ and we should say Yahushua, but the revelation this is the revelation of Christ. That's right. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, you know at, once I understood that and you know started looking at at the uh, at at the at the uh, the prophecy, uh, every every aspect of our history is written is is is, is tied to prophecy, and it's funny because prophecy is one of those things where it's going to come to pass whether you believe yeah, it or not. That's right. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, whether you you know you believe you're a Hebrew, whether you believe you're a Christian, whether you believe you're Buddhist, you know, all the things that the Most High said at the at the beginning is going to come to pass mm-hmm. regardless. And um, you know, like like uh, Maury, uh, Moshe was was saying, like it helps you to understand, you know, interpret interpret these things when you understand who you are. Because things like you know when we looked at you know George Floyd and you know Brand uh, Brandon Taylor, Taylor, you look through like slavery and the, and the oppression, like all of that was was you know was foretold, right? And um, and uh, you know that's just the, like the last thing I just want just want to say is like when it comes to this. To, to the movie, what the movie does is that it shows you why, and I, I, I love the way that that Maury Yahushua, you know, kind of put the the outline of, of yeah. the movie together because it shows it explains to you why because it starts off with the question of why did all this all these things happen to just us, right? Like you know why not the Chinese? Why not the why not the Russians? You know why not you know you, you know you can literally pick pick an ethnicity, but for whatever reason, you know, if you ask the question like why is it just us? You know, and some people might say, "Well, it's because you guys were heathen." Well, the Buddhists, you know, the, the Buddhist guys are are, right, are yeah. Christians, and the, the you know, like the, the Hindu guys aren't aren't Christians. How come it's not happening to them? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that's why I tell people, like, you know, check out, you know, like, check out the movie, um, because what it does is that it it shows you, you know, your place um, in history, and it helps explain those things. And, and believe it or not, like even your DNA, like when you, if you go and <laughs> you take a DNA test. And uh, we were talking about this, this uh, uh, place called Jetmatch, and they basically, all it does is it takes your DNA and it compares, compares it to all these different groups around the world, and people are shocked when they run their DNA, and then they see that the, the group that, that's the closest match to them in Africa is the Limba. Mm-hmm. The Limba are people of prophecy, because the Limba, the Limba will tell you, I mean, like their oral history, that they were the ones, according to prophecy, that were taken to um, taken by uh, the king of Babylon to Babylon, mm. according to prophecy, and uh, according to their own history, they were the ones that came back because they were like when they came back, and they they, they moved into this place called Sinna, or Seneca, I believe it's Sinna. It's actually in your Bible. 
Wow. Senna was the one one of the the very first people that came out of Babylon, and they were they were the ones that were, were the ones that rebuilt Jerusalem. Mm. Right. And and people wow. are wondering like, why does my DNA match the mm-hmm. people that that were the first seed, the first people that came out of out of captivity, mm-hmm. right, and rebuilt Jerusalem? That's according to prophecy. Wow. Right. So. Um, I guess it's, it's, it's real heavy, uh, deep stuff, but I don't, I don't want to keep going. I'll leave it at that. Well, Shalom, family, we're we coming to a close. Uh, we, we're going to have the Mores uh, once again next week. Uh, it'll be the last time for them. But you can definitely go on the um, Hebrew Nation on YouTube to see all the all the major videos, documentaries. As always, we still encourage, get that Reclaiming the Throne. It's, it is the truth. Yes, um, yes, the, uh, um, it, it answers all the questions. I mean, whether it's DNA, whether where uh, takes you past this, this the, the slave trade and, and goes deep into it. Yes. It, it it deals with it. Let me let me just say this. Listen, family. Some people say, man, it, it doesn't matter. Nah. You won't understand the conditions of us as a people without understanding your past. So right. in the end, it matters. When people say it don't matter. Go tell the ones that change it. It don't matter, all right? So with that being said, blessings and shalom to all. As I said again, go out and get the Reclaiming the Throne documentary. And our mores from Rebirth Rebirth will be back on next Sunday. With that being said, shalom, shalom, family. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Shalom. You've just been listening to the Berean Counselors right here at SoulNet WKDH. And for more information... Pertaining to bring Berean Council and their contact. Yes, you can reach us at the Berean Council at gmail.com or you can also reach us at the Berean Council on Facebook, our YouTube page, and Twitter page. Until the next broadcast, we say shalom. Shalom.